Welcome back to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We're turning dreamers into doers. If you're ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. All right, hearts, welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. I am very excited to introduce to you Victoria Gallagher, a worldwide leader in hypnotherapy, a best-selling author, international speaker, life success coach, and renowned authority on the law of attraction. Y'all, I hope you're ready to talk more about the law of attraction. Uh, it is one of our favorite topics here, Victoria. <laughs> Victoria has dedicated her life to empowering people all over the world to successfully live a life of liberty and also to be aligned with their dreams through effective meditative recordings and online courses. As a tireless personal growth enthusiast herself, Victoria hosts a popular Law of Attraction show called The Power of Your Mind podcast featuring industry experts. The Power of Your Mind is a self-help podcast helping listeners unleash the power of the mind. Victoria shares over 20 years of wisdom and techniques in hypnotherapy, Law of Attraction, visualization, NLP, meditation, personal growth, positive affirmations, and other effective methodologies to help listeners tap into the great power which resides in their mind and to become the best version of themselves. As you can probably tell, she is a perfect guest for the Hearts Unleashed podcast. Victoria, you already teach on topics we love to talk about. So welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Turning dreamers into doers. I love that title. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to start with this 20 years of experience because there are some of our listeners who've been trying law of attraction for maybe 20 days, 20 weeks, 20 months, and they can't quite get a hold of it. So I would love for you to, you know, share with us where you started and how you got into this conversation. Cause my gosh, so 20 years ago is, you know, 2000 age, um, two thousands. And so it was, I would say that law of attraction was talked about, but still not as mainstream conversation as it is today. What do you have to say about that? You are absolutely right. No one was talking about this back when I got certified in hypnosis. And that was actually now 22 years ago. I need to update my bio because I started this, uh, I, I got certified in 1999. But before that, I was I was a stockbroker for um, oh, a half a dozen years and I was getting burnt out. I had... Uh, everything that I wanted. I had a six-figure income, had a house, had a husband, had a nice car, had nice clothes, had nice body, had all the things in my late 20s that you could really imagine and want for yourself. And I wasn't happy. And I um, turned to a personal development seminar called Psy Seminars. And during that seminar, we learned, which it, you know, it was a lot of law of attraction, but they weren't calling it that at the time. And it was a lot of hypnosis mm. and meditation and visualization techniques. So that's where I really got integrated into my first learnings of this. I had been reading some books and everything for maybe a decade before that, uh, Total Self-Confidence, Think and Grow Rich, Shakti Gawain, Wayne Dyer, people like that. And I, I was really into 
all of this self-help personal growth. So what ended up happening was during the seminar, I just had a transformational experience. I just became really aware and I wanted to have everybody else in my life experience this. And so I tried to get a lot of people to come and take this course, but they all kind of thought that I was involved in some kind of a crazy cult. <laughs> and yeah. so it, it, uh, it wasn't, you know, and it, it's really hard to explain to people exactly what you're going to go through. And it's like trying to get somebody to see this strange movie that, you, you, you know, you can't really give away the whole thing. Otherwise, you're going to ruin it for them. So anyway, long story short, I decided that I was going to bring the movie or the seminar to them. And I was going to create these amazing hypnotherapy recordings. And what happened is my branch manager, where I was a stockbroker at the time, found out what I was doing and gave me an ultimatum and told me that I needed to make a decision between my six-figure-a-year job and my no-figure-a-year job that I was literally just starting uh, with, you know, within the last couple of months. And, you know, and and I I just I decided I was gonna go ahead and jump ship <laughs> and and make a move and do it. So the reason why it's really important that I bring that up, because I went through about a year and a half of total struggle before I was able to turn my first profit in my business. And the thing is, is that I didn't really put a whole lot of thought into what I was doing, which I think that some of the best decisions I've ever made in my life have come on a whim like that and just listening to my intuition and taking it, you know, it just, just taking it forward that way and taking that leap of faith. But I took that leap of faith, but it was like, I was still a baby. I was still just learning about hypnosis and the law of attraction and the way the power of the mind works. I knew everything that there, I needed to know on a conscious level to teach this stuff to other people and to make these brilliant recordings and to help other people to change their life. But I had not integrated into what I knew on a conscious level into my subconscious mind. And so I was struggling and this is going to surprise a lot of people. And this is like kind of a no-brainer, kind of a duh. But what happened is when I quit my job and started going full-time into this, I went into total panic, stress, fight or flight mode to try to just make this business happen. And I was forcing rather than coming from inspiration. And I was really grasping at straws and, and, and staying up all night and making these recordings. And like, I was really working hard and really doing what I loved, but I hadn't changed my subconscious programming about how I needed to work hard and never get ahead. And these were words that I had heard growing up, you know, never going to get ahead and you have to work hard and blah, blah, blah. All those things were still part of my belief system. And, you know, so I wasn't doing anything to change that programming. I was literally make, I was a liter, literally being a hypocrite. I was making these wonderful recordings for people trying to sell them, 
but not doing the work anymore. Like I was done. <laughs> like I've taken all these classes. I've read all these books. I, you know, I felt like I really knew my stuff, but, and I did know my stuff. I just didn't have it integrated into my subconscious mind. So one day I'm just like down on my hands and knees, just crying. And it's like, this isn't the way it was supposed to be. Like, why me? Why is this happening to me? Why can't I make any money doing what I love? You know, it's just like going into this crazy panic mode. And I heard it. And I realized like, first of all, look at you. look at you. Like, this is so not empowering, you know, stop crying, stop being a victim, stop acting like there is something out there that's preventing this from happening. Take your own advice, take your own medicine and listen to these fabulous recordings that you're making for other people. Like you're not doing the work. Like I'm forcing, trying to force this to happen without actually doing the the visualizations, getting my beliefs to change. And as soon as I started doing that, as soon as I made that my number one, like literally uh, no like deal breaker, like I had non-negotiable. That's the word I was looking for. A non-negotiable part of my day was to reprogram my, my mind. As soon as I started doing that, I literally within six months, I turned my first profit. And never looked back and realized that, you know, you really do have to kind of, I'm a control freak. And so Mm -hmm. you really, you have to let go of control um, and take that time out for doing this, this work, um, because it's like 90% of it is what you have in your mindset because the mindset will, you know, you absolutely have to take actions, but the actions have to come from inspiration and not through, oh, I think because Charlie over here is doing it that way, then that's how I'm supposed to do it. No, it needs to come from you. It needs to come from within and it needs to come from your own subconscious beliefs and changing the beliefs. And so that's why I like to tell that story because I like for people to understand that, you know, it's not magic. It's about really getting yourself in alignment. And sometimes that takes a little time, but it definitely takes getting the subconscious mind on board. Nothing's going to happen till the subconscious mind believes that you're serious about what it is that you want. First off, like, thank you so much for that whole answer and for the transparency of that answer, like that I wasn't following my own advice. I preach it. I didn't believe it. I really appreciate that perspective and your vulnerability about it because I think that we all, many of us may be inspired to do something, but the way I explain it for myself is I knew I was a great coach, but I wasn't necessarily a great businesswoman. And so I really struggled and you, I wrote in quotes, make the business happen. And my goodness, first off, I want to back up to say like, it's such a different world we live in. 
where, you know, your boss found out that you were up to something else and literally gave you that ultimatum, how in today's world, people have three and four jobs, uh, including like their own passion projects and side gigs and, and just the way of the world in so many different ways. And, and so I can't imagine what it would be like to walk into your day job and say like, you're doing something on the side and you're going to have to choose between it. And especially before you feel ready to do so. And so one, I acknowledge you because, um, I'm, I'm relating to you as a pioneer in many ways. <laughs> um, then decide, like knowing you have to make the business happen and the difference between that business side of it and the inspiration side of it. And I could understand what you mean by feeling like a hypocrite. I know for myself, uh, navigating launching a business was indeed, it was intimidating. It was scary. I didn't, sales wasn't my first nature process. I really knew the coaching, but I didn't know how to share the rest of it. And then the difference between what you said, like inspired action and action from like impulse or, or urgency, right? Like that kind of energy. And when you shifted that, how you were able to turn your first profit, like so, so awesome, so brilliant. And probably at least for me listening over here, I was just very related to what you were sharing. So I want to thank you for that. Cause I imagine our listeners are relating too. And so then Oh, one more thing I wanted to say, because I will ask my clients this question on their calls when they're really struggling. I'll say, how would you, what advice would you give or how would you coach your sister or best friend through what you're currently going through? And then they would, they would easily have an answer that they couldn't find for themselves if to coach themselves, but they're, they're able to coach someone else that way. I love that you used your own medicine. I love that you used your own recordings to subconsciously reprogram your life and your business. Like kudos to you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It, it was like, you know, this, it was interesting because I was starting to get all of these, I was getting testimonials from people and pe- you know, people was like, yes. oh, this is great. But it was like, hmm, you know, like, yeah. hmm, I wonder if maybe I should, <laughs> maybe I should listen to these. And, yeah. and I kept thinking that on not in, in not a so serious way until I just had that breakdown. And, yeah. you know, sometimes it really takes like, you know, that was like my rock bottom moment. I mean, that was yeah. a moment where I, I was, uh, I had filed bankruptcy I had already asked my dad for money. I asked my sister for money. I asked my mom for money. And I then I asked a friend for money and I was mortified. And Mm. like asking all those people for money when I used to have it all together, you know, and it was um, instead of asking them for money, I probably should have been, (laughs) you know, asking them, you know, well, what would you... But, you know, actually I take it back. People were giving me advice. They were telling me to go, back to work and get a job. And that was not that (laughs) advice. That wasn't something I was willing to do. (laughs) Yeah. You know, what else comes to mind? The, I don't know how popular the phrase is, but we learn what we are here to teach. And so I'm just very present to your journey, taking you to your rock bottom because you had to experience that to be able to teach those who are experiencing that because we can't teach from, you know, the top of a mountain, not truly if we've never gone into the valley of the shadow of death or or survived it. And so I'm just so present to how your journey has served your work. 
It's so true. We definitely are here to teach or learn what we have to teach. And we're always like in that process. And it was, it was just so interesting because when I had that moment, it was like I literally was able to step away and detach from the emotions that I was experiencing in that moment and like look at myself and observe myself from a distance and really see like, okay, this is a little fog that I'm in right now. I could just see like, I know better than this. This is a little fog and I've got to just, you know, now I can see clearly. Yeah. And so get, uh, take us a little further down the timeline. You start to see clearly you've, you're shifting your subconscious mind. Oh, I would love for you to give us your definitions and explanations of like the conscious versus the subconscious mind. We have a lot of that conversation here, but I really love when our guests are able to explain it because I think, you know, the one listener is going to hear from the one guest that it really clicks for them. And so will you explain to us the subconscious mind and how that all works? Yes, absolutely. So you have two parts of your mind. Really, I kind of say we have three parts. Um, The third part is more the super conscious. So ultimately, you have these two personal parts, which are your conscious and your subconscious. And then the impersonal part is the super conscious. And that's the part of the, you know, that we're all, all of our minds are sort of connected in a way energetically and we can tap into and get and receive ideas and intuition and insights and all of our ideas come from that super conscious. But the the subconscious is roughly, I want to say 90, 95% of our mind. And it's the part that is below our awareness. It's Yet, it's running the show. It's the most powerful part. As a matter of fact, our conscious mind rationalizes and makes decisions based on decisions that have already been made at that lower level, the more powerful part of the subconscious. But the subconscious is where all of your old memories are stored, where all of your programs, uh, when I say programs, just your things that you do on automatic pilot without even really thinking about it. It's like how you learn to drive and you were very conscious of it originally but then now you can eat a sandwich and God forbid, smoke a cigarette (laughs) while you're driving a car. And so it's also the part of you that runs your your body and all the bodily functions. and, And it's really the driving force and it's where all of your beliefs about and and filters and and based on all of your life experience, each and every one of us really sees things uh, through a different perspective. And, And it's through these filters that are just constantly gathering information about the way the world works and the way money works and the way people work and the way relationships work and the way you do things and who I am and who I am in relation to everything else. So, you know, that's kind of the way I like to explain the subconscious. It's just that it's the most uh, powerful part of the mind and, and it's below your awareness and yet it's running the show. And here's the thing is about 80% of the beliefs that are stored in that subconscious mind that are the part that's running the show are gathered 
from ages zero to six years old, about 80% of who you're going to be and how you're going to be in the world are gathered between zero to six years old. And during that time, your conscious mind hasn't even developed yet. So your conscious mind doesn't even develop until you're roughly about six years old. So everything is just that, you know, the way they say that kids are like sponges, everything is just coming in to the subconscious mind, unfiltered, completely unfiltered. So how you operate, if you haven't done any real work at this level of mind, how you operate your conscious mind hasn't even developed yet. So your conscious mind doesn't even develop until you're roughly about six years old. So everything is just that, you know, the way they say that kids are like sponges, everything is just coming in to the subconscious mind, unfiltered, completely unfiltered. So how you operate, if you haven't done any real work at this level of mind, how you operate, it's it's about the beliefs and it's about that automatic way of acting and responding and reacting in the world completely, uh, you know, unaware. That was a brilliant explanation of the subconscious mind. And I appreciate the automation piece that you had mentioned, Yeah, you had brought up because one, I like the functionality, what you meant about like driving and multi- or multitasking or eating a sandwich and all of that. And then something else that comes into play is the automation of our belief systems, like how they automatically dictate the direction and quality of our life in such a subtle and subconscious way. And so can you give us a little bit of an understanding into the world of hypnotherapy and what that does? Because um, I, my wild guess is that not a whole lot of us have a lot of experience with hypnotherapy. Absolutely. So hypnotherapy is really, it's bridging that relationship, that communication between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. And it's deliberately taking what you want to believe, you know, and taking that from the conscious mind and implanting that into the subconscious mind. Now we're doing that a little bit every day automatically, like by our automatic habits. We're usually just reinforcing the beliefs that are already there, but anything that we do on repetition, anything that we're telling ourselves constantly, anything that um, other people, when we watch the news, anybody, a doctor, any kind of authority figure that gives you any information, that is actually a way, that that's actually a hypnosis process in and of itself. We're constantly getting hypnotized by just the world around us and, and just kind of accepting and believing these suggestions. The problem is we don't typically accept the suggestions that we want to accept. The suggestions like that we can uh, be thin, that we can attract a healthy relationship, that we can attract enough money or attract enough success. And those suggestions that we are, you know, really, really trying to get into the subconscious mind, those get rejected. And usually they get rejected um, because, you know, we're we're hyper-focused on them and we're, we're very attached to them. And the there's a part of our mind called the critical factor that 
just tosses it out because it doesn't line up with what's already there. So what hypnosis does is it gets that critical factor out of the way. The critical factor is kind of like this little guard that's between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind, and it decides what's going to get in. And so when we put that little guy out during hypnosis, your conscious mind is still very aware, very wide awake. Um, but now your subconscious mind is also open and receptive and receiving the suggestions because we got that little, you know, critical factor out of the way and we can receive any of the suggestions that we allow in that we say yes to. Um, so that's ultimately how hypnosis works. But, mm -hmm. you know, again, like we're getting hypnotized all the time. Usually what's happening is we're allowing anything in that is lining up with what we already believe and filtering out the rest. And, you know, cause there's this other part of our mind called the reticular activating system. Mm -hmm. And so much of law of attraction is really based on this reticular activating system, uh, which is an actual logical part of our brain that filters out information that we don't recognize. If we you know, are focusing on the same kind of information all the time, um, we're going to continue to see more and more of what we're focusing on. And we, if we're not focused on a certain kind of information, we just are not even going to, to see it. And so, uh, so that kind of explains a little bit how hypnosis and law of attraction are very, very much related because it's all about these subconscious filters and, you know, and the, the RAS particular activating system does such a fine job of showing us more of what we're focused on and also showing us more about what we believe within our subconscious mind. I love your explanation. I appreciate it because it's a very familiar conversation, but I felt like you just said things um, a particular way that could really open us up. And I really appreciate you offering that we are constantly being hypnotized, right? Um, something that comes to mind. And I, I'm very passionate about this, particularly around NLP, uh, mm -hmm. Neuro Linguistic Programming, is that there are people in the marketing and entertainment industry whose whole job it is, is to hypnotize us, right? Like <laughs> that it's, it's, that's how to make sales. It's how to hit ratings. It's how to reach your numbers. And that there's been plenty of work and study on what activates the human mind to then take action or say brand loyalty or just different things of that nature that we really are. And, and I also appreciate what you say, because I think that our, we are shifting into a more conscious, we are unconsciously saying that because a doctor said something, I'm specifically actually thinking about the birthing world is that, you know, I'm all for whatever somebody chooses for, whether that be a hospital birth or a home birth or a cesarean or vaginal birth, like whatever, is that a lot of times a doctor will tell a patient that this is how it is. And the patient will automatically believe it. And 
automatically follow that doctor's instructions, or let's say they're a doctor's prescribing medication when really we're not looking at a more preventative type of well-being. And so, yes, like that person of authority, because they are of authority, we automatically associate their declaration, their word as truth. And that happens with politicians. It happens with, you know, teachers, teachers. I love, I was a teacher and um, not every teacher out there is actually for the child's well-being or what's the best of all for everybody involved. And so I just, I can see what you're saying. And there's a part of me that, that breaks my heart. And then it's a, it's also a huge part that lights a fire in me, but we are waking up to it. And I hope for humanity that we continue to wake up to personal authority and sovereignty and, and even just like more personal research. Of course, I encourage like, yeah, doctors are important and helpful and teachers are important and helpful and people in authority. And um, they're also human and there's also natural uh, imperfectness to the whole system itself. And um, I'm kind of rambling myself. So I'd love to turn it over to you to, to see what you might have to say about what I'm mentioning in the moment. <laughs> Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts <laughs> about that because the thing is, is that I think once a person really starts to, I think it just should absolutely be taught in school how the mind works. Yes, and, uh, yes. <laughs> you know, so number one, um, because then people would understand that where they're getting their beliefs from and where they're getting their opinions from. Sometimes people are getting opinions from, you know, most, most things um, are not necessarily true and they're not necessarily uh, facts. They're just beliefs. They're just opinions, but we'll take an opinion, whether it be the opinion of a teacher, a doctor, a parent, a friend, uh, news media, all of those things. And the moment that we hear something, we'll say, oh, that makes sense. And then we'll just lock onto that and accept it as absolutely factual and true. And then that sets in motion that belief. And from that moment forward, we start to hear other things that match up with that opinion. And we say, yep, that's true. But the only reason why we keep matching up with that opinion is that's the way our brain works. If we had a different opinion, we would find as much evidence to support that opinion as well. And I think, you know, doctors sometimes, you know, I mean, they can set a client up, a patient up to experience things because they said, this is what you're going to experience, including, you know, diagnosis of cancer when people, you know, are given a, di a prognosis of how long they have to live. Many times people will just take that prognosis and yes. they start to create the rest of their life and they will literally die almost to the day of when the doctor predicted that they would die. Yeah. But other people will just, you know, they understand how that works and they will go in a different direction and maybe, you know, get a different opinion or maybe just decide, okay, well, this is how I'm going to, what I'm going to choose to believe about that. And they will live long, happy lives and even maybe even be able to heal themselves. And I could definitely 
definitely speak to the birthing part, not from experience. I've never given birth before. However, I did take Marie Mongan's uh, hypnobirthing certification many years ago. And it was so eye-opening the way that they explain, you know, exactly. I mean, women been giving birth since way before there was anesthesia, way before there were doctors. I mean, you know, these are newer things than women giving birth on the planet. <laughs> yes. You know, and, uh, and so you see on TV, you see in the movies, you see women screaming all over the place, ah, you know, and, and well, the problem is, is that, um, you know, when you see that, that's hypnotizing you, that's saying, oh, one day I'm going to give birth and it's going to be really painful. And so, you're setting yourself up this entire time for the expectations. I mean, they won't even, most women won't even give themselves a chance to experience natural childbirth because it's just ridiculous to even think that you'd want to put yourself through anything like what you've seen on TV. But, you know, the fact of the matter is that um, the, that fear creates tension in the body and the tension in the body is what creates the pain. And, you know, if, when you're able to, and that fear is unconscious, it's not even something that you're trying Uh, to, you know, it's it's totally unconscious because you've been fed all this information. And look, I cannot speak from experience. I mean, I can't say, and I, you know, like if any woman out there is, you know, given birth and they've experienced pain, trust me, I, my heart goes out to you. Absolutely. You know, and, and, but I'm just, you know, doesn't it make sense though, that, I mean, we have been trained to believe that it's supposed to be painful. And maybe if we were not exposed to so much of that hypnotizing of the movies and of people regaling their stories about how they were in labor for 36 hours and all of that, maybe possibly we might be able to you know, be more relaxed in the, uh, about childbirth and relax the body and go into it with peace and be able to do this without pain. Maybe it's possible. I don't know. I may have hypnotized a couple people in the past where that was reality. <laughs> <laughs> I do love what you're saying because it's the only thing that you potentially know. And so I'm a big believer in like what some might call exposure therapy or exposure hypnotherapy in this case is like, I particularly follow a few natural birth accounts on Instagram and they often will have videos of natural births and it's vaginal and some are cesarean. And like, so there's all these different potentials, but we haven't been exposed to the the, the diversity, the variety. We know mostly growing up in, and depending on what region or country we've grown up in, we know know maybe one to two options. Uh, another good example is, you know, what's possible for women. I, I have, uh, an aunt, uh, she's 74 mm-hmm. and she shared with me, you know, when she was getting out of high school, they sit the girls down in the counselor's office and say, okay, do you want to be a teacher, a secretary or a nurse? Right? Like 
that's the option. <laughs> and so how far we've come first off, but, but just that that's hypnotizing in a sense, or it's just so limiting. And we live in such a digital world where so much information is available that we could easily choose an alternative reality. We could easily choose a new outcome. And then solidify it. I, I love hypnotherapy and I love the way you described it is to intentionally bridge the gap between the subconscious and the conscious and invite it like consciously and intentionally and purposely invite a new rhythm, a new pattern, a new imprint into the subconscious mind. Um, I just love it. And, and so is there anything you'd love to share about that little, I keep going on these tangents. <laughs> no, that's fine. You know, what came up when we were talking about, um, you know, the 70 year old where my mind went was, you know, the, the things that you hear in your family growing up. So for me, I come yeah. from a very obese family background and I say that very liberally. I've literally had two family members that I'm, you know, like aunts uh, die of obesity. Like literally um, I've, I've had um, people die that were 300, 400, 500 pounds. I have a 600 pound cousin and technically... I mean, you would think that I should be obese and I'm not. And I've never weighed over 165 pounds and I'm much thinner than that right now. You know, that was sort of like my, you know, like that's my testing the waters. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I know my limits. Like I know what is possible for me on, you know, on that end of the spectrum. And I made a choice when I was a tiny, tiny girl, when I first met um, the one aunt that did pass away at 500 pounds, when I first met her, I like that scared. I, somehow I knew at seven or eight years old that like, that could be me, like that could be me. So I've just have been extremely conscientious of that my whole life. And I've really like, I've programmed myself to set these certain limits for myself that like, boom, like if I hit 160 pounds, we know that like, it's time to change things around. Yeah, yeah. And I think some people, they just think that it happened by luck that I, that I got good genes or something like that. Like I'm literally the only one in the family with these good genes. It's completely a hundred percent mental. My mindset, my mindset will not allow that. And, you know, and, and it, this isn't to, fat shame anybody if that's what they want. It's to say that like, just because you come from this upbringing, just because, you know, I mean, I have, I have people in my family that are constantly complaining about pain in their lower back or pain or pain in their hip and, you know, and having to get surgeries and things like that. And that's just not something that I'm allowing into my subconscious mind. And I cancel that out. And when people say, oh, this is what, this is just what happens when you get old. Oh my goodness. This is like another uh. one of those things that people say, 
to you that you have to reject. Mm-hmm. And again, mm-hmm. you know, it's just one of those, th- you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that if people understood the, how powerful their mind is and how they just absorb these little, oh yeah, that is what, ha- okay. I guess it's okay that I'm, you know, I'm going to experience all of these things. I'm going to get arthritis. I'm going to get wrinkles. Mm. I'm going to walk hunched over. I'm going to get all these things. It's just what happens when you get old. No, it doesn't have to happen when you get old. There's mm-hmm. plenty of 70, 80, 90, 100 year olds roaming the earth where mm. this hasn't happened. And mm-hmm. so I like to just, for me personally, I just choose to reject statements like that. And, yeah. you know, there are things that do happen beyond, you know, but it's, you know, it's, it's not, I don't think you have your God and you have a hundred percent control over everything that happens to you, but mm-hmm. you do have some control over what you're going to allow to get absorbed into your subconscious mind. And then if you allow these common statements that people like to make to get absorbed into Mm -hmm. the subconscious mind, then you are more likely Mm -hmm. to experience those things because that's just how, you know, the expectation sets up the reality. Mm -hmm. I love it. And um, first off, I noticed like, almost a whole hour has gone by and it felt like five minutes. And so (laughs) we are going to start to wrap up here in a minute, but, um, I just, I really, that's, I mean, it speaks to the, the hypnosis of a good conversation for myself, at least is (laughs) when, when you're just in a flow of, I I really enjoy these. And I, I, I do hope for our, our listeners that, uh, some of your, explanations and insights have really opened up something new for them as well. And so thank you. And the one thing that was coming to mind when you were sharing about the family you come from, um, I come from the Midwest and I do, I I talk to a lot of clients and, and friends from the Midwest. And obviously we were raised a certain way, like particularly what comes to mind is you graduate, you go to college, you graduate, you get a job for the rest of your life and you have that job for like 40, 50 years. Right. And it's usually a nine to five of some sort or, um, physical manual labor. And so like, that was very much the mentality. And when I moved out to California, I saw all these different lifestyles and all these different careers. And so I, and the one thing I want to say, because what you said about passing down, well, this is what happens when you get old. Like that statement is, um, I remember saying to my mom, you know, shit ends with me. There's things that are not empowering or there's beliefs that generationally or in our lineage that we hold that are not empowering ones. And, and I'm not going to continue on any type of like tradition or a belief system or karma that doesn't empower our lineage. And so I can hear what you're saying. And that is you have to actively reject, uh, this is the way that it is, or this is how it goes. Like none of that is, um, you know, cold, hard fact. It's all an optional reality. Absolutely. And that's the thing is we do have a choice in the matter. We have a say in who we're going to be. Mm. And again, you know, I just, I want to, you know, I want to say that with the disclaimer that, you know, I mean, some people do get cancer. People do get, you know, I mean, it, and, um, that doesn't mean, you know, anything bad about you that yeah. you've been, you know, necessarily thinking the wrong thoughts. Can you now, uh, you know, again, um, you can, it, yeah, 
you, you can create that. That doesn't mean that you are responsible for every single illness that ever, you know, comes by you. I mean, yeah. some things just do happen. Yeah. And, um, but it's how we respond to all the data that's mm-hmm. constantly uh, coming at us that is going to make us more or less likely to take on something that maybe we don't necessarily have to experience. Mm, I appreciate that. I would agree. I I like to say we can't control life, but we can control how we react to it. That's one of the more popular statements, but um, life in itself is going to give us curveballs or unexpected things like accidents and illnesses or, or death or loss. And And it's not that we set a life up to avoid that. It's that we train our minds and our hearts. And like you said, our being, our way of being to be able to withstand such a challenge or um, something to overcome. And so I just really appreciate it because I believe that hypnotherapy, that if we do train our minds, our conscious, our subconscious to be empowered, to stay empowered, to choose the highest good of all or the higher route, that overall we're going to have a higher quality of life. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. (laughs) Oh, oh, good. Well, I guess we'll wrap it up there. (laughs) Um, I am so grateful to meet you. I'm so grateful to spend some time with you, Victoria. Thank you for coming to share your Unleashed Heart with us. Where can our Unleashed Hearts come find you on the interweb? The best place is going to be my website, victoriamgallagher.com. From there, you know, that'll lead to my HypnoCloud app, my Law of Attraction books, my hypnosis recordings, everything. I love it. I look forward to checking it out. And um, I'm just really grateful for your time, your presence, your energy. Thank you for who you are in the world. And thank you for joining us on the Hearts Unleashed podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's a great conversation. Yes. And hearts, thank you for joining us. Like I said, this 50 minutes felt like five minutes. So I hope you got exactly what you needed to take your life to the next level, to live the life that you came to live and to live your heart unleashed. So thank you for joining us at the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. We love you. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you love the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, visit us at heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts. Hearts.